Today, I want you to join me in the Word, in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter what? Matthew chapter 18. And I'm going to be speaking on the topic, Jesus, the seeker and the seeker of the loss. The what? Jesus, the seeker of the loss. Join me in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, here we are on this Sabbath morning. It's beautiful. Just a beautiful day. Might be a little bit on the hot side, but we're grateful. We're cool on the inside. And we're in your temple. And it's a custom of ours to plan for this time. And so, Father, it's our joy just to know that you heard our praise this morning. You heard our prayers this morning. Father, it really gives us a good satisfaction just to know that your people lift up the, 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 the music of the gospel. And we sang to you, Father, knowing that you have been so good to us. We don't deserve it, but you lavish it upon us each and every day. And so we gather together as always just to say thank you. And also, Father, we, we're here today to also hear from you. You have a word that is unique to every person here today and those listening online. And we just want you to know that we're ready for it. We want to say to you that our hearts are open. We want you to speak to us. Father, as we hear your words today, we want it applicable to our lives. And so we're saying, Father, give us the strength. Give us the help. Give us everything that we will need so that as we hear your words today, we will do it. We will put it into practice. As hard as it might seem, we know nothing is impossible for you. And so we're asking that today may be a change. Father, I commit all that I am into your hands. My desire is to be used by you fully and completely so that your words be spoken to me and through me. And Father, in the process, may we all be blessed and may we all be changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
back in 1830, George Wilson was convicted of robbing the United States mail and was sentenced to be hanged for it. At that time, President Andrew Jackson issued a pardon for Wilson. But he refused to accept it. The matter was sent to the Chief Justice, Justice Marshall, who concluded that Wilson would have to be executed. A pardon, he said, is a slip of paper. That's all it is, a slip of paper. A powerful slip of paper, wrote Marshall, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, he said, it is no pardon. George Wilson, he said, must be hanged. For some, the pardon comes too late. For others, the pardon is not accepted. The truth is, that is exactly what Jesus is working with. The best he can do, he cannot force people to accept the gospel. He can only do his part. And he did. He won the pardon for them, for us. And now the choice is on us to accept or reject. Today, Jesus is on the move right now. He's on the move through a garland church. He's on the move throughout the rooms of those who are watching. He's on the move through garland city. He's on the move throughout this country and this world. He's on the move sharing with people this amazing gift of pardon. What will they do with it? Today, Jesus is, was faced with a, with a similar situation in the Bible. His disciples came to him and asked him a question, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, they said. They were expecting Jesus to say, John, I think you are. People like you are the greatest, right? That's what they were expecting to hear. James, uh, people like you, you can say people like you will, will be at the top of the list. They were shocked when they heard Jesus' answer. Jesus said to them in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 2, then Jesus called a little child, just called a little child that was sitting right there. And generica, listen to what Jesus said. Ready? He said, a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, 
and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a what? A little children. Become as little children. You will by no means enter the... <laughs> Can you imagine my brother when they heard that? It's nothing what they were thinking. They were probably imagining, probably imagining it would have been a priest or chief priest of the day. But Jesus said, the greatest within my kingdom is like a little child. And then he continues to explain himself. And he said, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this is in my name, <clears throat> receives who? Receives me. And when you read the story, it is amazing. Nancy, Jesus here says, if any one of you ever think to offend any of these little kids, right, or anyone like him or like her, it would be better if a millstone was tied around your necks. 600 pounds of it and tossed into the sea. Are you with me? Can you? What could be better than that? Can someone tell me something better than that? That's probably the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. Jesus said, if you ever dare, dare offend one of these little ones, you're not going to like it. You know, I, I, I love Jesus, you know. He shows himself sometimes like a bad brother. Yeah, you watch the scriptures, how he dealt with the Pharisees and the people around him. He was upfront. He, he didn't mince words with them. He was straightforward. Do not mess with these people who come to me and give their hearts to me. They are like little kids. They are like people so dependent upon me for their very life. Are you with me? Just like a little baby, dependent upon their parents. My people who give their hearts to me, I treat them like a parent would treat their children. They need me in every aspect of their life. If you want to be the greatest, you got to be someone who know me in that fashion. Someone who don't live life as if I don't exist, but believe that my existence depends upon his existence. I mean, I mean they, Jesus is saying, listen, you, you're living a, such a life right now, you feel you have it all together, and I'm just an add-on to your life. Well, that won't make it into my kingdom, Jesus said. I am no add-on. I am no special. All right? Restaurant that you like. Doctor that you like. Lawyer that you seek. I am not an add-on to life. I am your life. And if you want to be in my kingdom, that's what you have to play with. You can accept it or not.
But then he continues. And he gets to the point of our sermon today. In verse 10, he then says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the faces of my Father who, are, who is in heaven, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was. Now, listen. <laughs> he said to his, his disciples who asked him the question, he said to them, now, what do you think? You know what he's about to say? He's about to tell them something. But he's saying, I want you to think along with me. He's about to give them a situation. Are you with me? But he said, listen, you're going to have to think it through. It ain't going to be a little easy test where you can get 100 from it real quickly. I need you to think, Jesus says. And then he said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? Elder Marlon, I can tell you this. If I was there and Jesus told me to think about this thing, and gave me that story, I probably would have said, Jesus, I don't have to think about that. If I had 99 sheep, right, and one goes astray, I mean, he, he can go astray if he wants. I'm going to keep my 99. Are you following with me? Jesus, that's easy. <laughs> I can imagine some of them were thinking like that. But Jesus wanted them to really focus on this thing. So Jesus said, listen, one goes astray, does he not leave the 99, go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And then listen to this. Listen to these words. And if he should find it, pause. And what? Circle around the word if. If he should find it, that means there are sometimes he doesn't find the sheep. There are sometimes that the sheep gets lost and lost forever. Even with Jesus searching for it. Come on, y'all. The shepherd is looking for the sheep. Some he will find, some he will not. But he still goes looking for the sheep. And then he said, And if he should find it, Assuredly, I say to you, he what? Rejoices. Moreover, that sheep than over the 99. Can you imagine what Jesus is saying? He rejoices over that one sheep. Wayward sheep, strange sheep, rude sheep. Rejoices when he finds this one sheep. As if the 99 doesn't even exist. And then, that did not go astray. Even so, Jesus said, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones 
should perish. Oh, wow. What a beautiful story. Man, I tell you, um, it, it, it blew past my mind first when, when you're reading it, because I'm thinking, I know what I would do. But then I got to say, but Jesus is after something much more difficult. What is it that Jesus wants to do? Three things he was thinking about. Number one, the first thing that came to the shepherd's mind was the incredible, difficult life of the lost. The only reason why the shepherd would choose to leave 99 and go looking for one is because the shepherd knew in his mind what that one was facing as a lost sheep. He knew what he was going through out there. And so the shepherd would rather, because he knows the pain out there, he would rather go and see if he could somehow alleviate that pain. Because he knew that the 99, they're already together. But this one is alone out there in the mountains. Are you with me, folk? The worst thing that could happen to a sheep is for the sheep to be separated from his community. The sheep has everything he needs within his community. He has the protection from his community, number one. In other words, in the community, it, you know, sheep can't fight. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You know, when I think about a sheep, I think about one of the most defenseless animals that God created. And ladies, forgive me, all right? But just bear with your pastor. Especially the ladies. Because, you see, the male sheep, they might have a horn. You see what I'm saying? But the female sheep doesn't have a horn. Are you with me? So they have nothing to fight with. All right? And so they're defenseless. And do you know who are out there waiting on them? There's a warring lion seeking to devour them. Just waiting for the opportunity for one to be separated. My friends, my friends, make sure that within this church, you stay connected. No matter what people tell you, you never leave the fold. Don't forget the word if. Because you leave, Jesus is going to come after you if he can find you. Come on, y'all. Some of us will not make it back home to the community, so it makes sense not to leave. You might have an issue with the pastor. Come talk to the pastor. Amen? I have an issue with the first elder. Come talk to him. But don't leave. No matter what you do, don't leave the community of the church. There is an evil that's on the outside. Do not give up your spirituality. Do not stop praying. You make sure no matter what people say that the church is boring, that's fine. You can go and live the exciting life that you want to live. I'll stay with my boring, eternal life church. 
Because at the end of the day, I will have eternal life. What will you have? The community is not only where you get the protection. All right? But the community is where you get the encouragement. Because the world out there is a mess. And it's so easy to suffer into depression. Are you with me? Life has a way of rinsing people and turning them and messing up their minds. The safety is found in the arms of Jesus in your church. Don't ever leave the community. That's why it is so important, so important that when a newborn baby is being baptized right here, that we surround them with a community. That's why they need you. They need you. They need us in this, in this life of Christianity to help them each and every day. It's a warfare out there, friends. And our safety is found in the community. Are you with me? Or not only that, not only do they find those things in the community, sheep can't live without community, but sheep cannot live without a shepherd. <laughs> you know, it's amazing in the Bible, Jesus is always talking about sheep and goats. Sheep and goats, right? There's something Elder Stewart that is fascinating about goats. You know, back home in the island of Jamaica, I don't see it happen here. Never seen it happen here. But I can tell you something about goats that you will learn today. Sheep are very dependent, 100%. They can't even see far. They, they have poor vision. All right? They can't even drink running water. The water has to be still. And on and on. So they can't operate without a shepherd. The shepherd has to lead them to the right pasture. And it has to be green. And because they can't see, the shepherd has to carry them to the pasture for them to eat. So they can't survive without a shepherd. But I'll tell you something about goats. <laughs> Back home where I live, you see goats all over the place. Just walking on the road, doing their thing. They leave when they feel like, they come back when they feel like. You see what I'm saying? And goats will run and protect themselves, right? But goats are very independent, extremely independent. They find their own food. You see what I'm saying? They do everything they would like to do when they want to do it. So they don't need me, <laughs> they don't need you. They shepherd. Jesus says, you are sheep. Are you hearing me? He said, you are sheep. You are my sheep. In other words, the life that he's calling us to live is a life of total dependency. We can't live without Jesus. We can't do act without him. We need him every single moment of our, of, our of our life. We need him. We can't live without him. 
So we don't, goat, goats don't need a shepherd, but sheep need a shepherd. The shepherd, I remember when I was in Israel, and I would see them. I would see the shepherd walking, and the sheep behind him. And he's just walking on top of the mountain. Huh? Yes, with his staff. Yeah, you would see them just walk, and all the sheep would just follow him, right? Anything he tells them to do, they do. All right? The sheep need a shepherd. And so if the sheep is away from the shepherd, he's in a bad place, a very bad place. There's no one with the staff, my sister, to protect him from a fox. Are you with me? He's just laid bare for the, for the predators out there. And the same thing in, in our lives. If we think that we can be a Christian and at the same time live life without Jesus, where we don't ever pray until once a week, we don't even visit God until we come to church, we are laying ourselves bare out there to the roaring lion, seeking who he might devour. It is so important that we connect our life with Jesus. He is the good shepherd, right? In fact, let's read about that. In John chapter 10, Jesus made a statement. John chapter 10. Let me look at verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10. The good shepherd, look at what the good shepherd does, Sister Ali. The good shepherd gives his what? Life for the? He gives his life for the sheep, and that's what Jesus did for you, Bethany. When we couldn't do it, because we're filled with a life of filthy rags, our life could not purchase from the wrath of the Father. But Jesus lived that life, gave that life up for the sheep. Can you see him? You know, on the cross, I just believe our Savior. Matter of fact, you can see it from Gethsemane when he was asking his father, Father, is there another way? You can see the trouble that was going on. But you can see when he was on that cross, hanging there, he was actually on a fight. He was literally on a warfare. He was on a battle that he was going to win no matter what. And he knew the only way to win was to die. And of course that's what he did. He gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the what? Shepherd one who does not own the sheep, seeing the what? The wolf coming and leave the sheep and flees. Can you imagine that? And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Then he said, but I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, 
Even so, I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep, and other sheep, <laughs> and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must what? Bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, and one shepherd. You know, the, <clears throat> Jesus knew that this sheep that went astray was away from the shepherd. And that's the most dangerous spot to be that is from the shepherd. I wonder if anyone here today might be feeling the same way. Might be feeling in some way you're away from the shepherd. When Jesus thought about that situation, he said, <clears throat> I cannot let that continue without at least trying. Do you love a Savior like that? Isn't it amazing? You, we, he's the Savior will never leave us out there alone. He's going to come and he's going to try. Sometimes Jesus tries many different things. He comes into our lives with many different, in many different ways. We start experiencing things we have never experienced before. And we're wondering, why is all these things happening? It could be that the shepherd is on the pursuit. He's trying to get someone's attention. You're away from the shepherd. You're away from the fold. And it's time to make a turn. I mean, you can see this the, the shepherd is he, on the move. He doesn't know where the sheep is. But he's out there in the sun. 108 degrees yesterday. He's out there. He's searching. He's doing something to connect. He sees danger coming. But the sheep can't see it. But he's out there. Sometimes he's out there warning. Sometimes he comes through a friend. Yes, there are times he comes through the preacher. But he comes in many different ways trying to get our attention. What a God. What a God. And then he said, and if he should, I say to you, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices if he finds it. So let's pause there. So first of all, the shepherd knew the lost situation of the sheep that strayed. Are you with me? But I want you to also know that the shepherd knew the great value of that sheep that strayed. <laughs> let, me, let me share it with you. If sometimes we might think that because a person is going through a certain situation, or maybe living a certain lifestyle, 
that somehow they are the worst of the worst. Are you with me? And there's no hope for them. What Jesus is trying to say here to his disciples is those people you think has no good coming to them. Those are the actual people that God is pouring out heaven to find and to help. Are you with me? Make sure you don't let them feel any lower in how you treat them. Those people are very valuable to the God of heaven. Yes, you don't like what they do. You don't like what they wear. You don't like how they speak. You just don't like what they, who they are. That's your problem. Are you with me? The Father wants to fool this church with all of them. Because he wants to save them. Those people, if you're here today, you need to know that you are so valuable to the Father in heaven that if he had the choice, he would leave everybody in this church to go get you. He would leave the 99 to get you. Some people might be, in their mind, they might be saying, listen, as a Wall Street businessman, Listen, I, I'm, I'm only losing 1%. One out of 100, right? So guess what? Let it go. Let it slide. It's a loss. I still have my 99%. But with Jesus, that 1% is the 99%. Hallelujah. He's, he's ready. He's ready to do whatever it's going to take to win that one. I am valuable in the sight of God. You are valuable in the sight of God. And God will do anything he can to save you. The only thing he can't do, he can't force himself upon you. But if, the Bible says, if you should find it, then he says, finally, if he should find it, even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should what? And if he finds it, the first thing the Father does, he rejoices. Do you know in the Bible, <clears throat> when you read the New Testament, <clears throat> you'll find that the only, I wouldn't say the only time, but mo the most, most of the time, the most times you'll find the father celebrating is when one soul repents. In fact, I don't remember anywhere else the entire heaven erupts because of one repentant sinner. One person who says, this world has nothing to offer me that's of anything close to what God has to offer. And so I'm now turning my life over to the God of heaven. Anytime a human being chooses to do that, heaven is happy. I mean, the father is ecstatic. You remember the lost son? You know, remember that sermon? 
the lost son, how heaven will, he just pull out a party for, for the lost son. And then that whole brother was mad because of that party. Remember that? I mean, you look through the Bible, if you want to please God, if you want to make God say, oh, he does, right? Does he say hallelujah? Or it's we that say hallelujah. <laughs> but whatever he says, if you want to make God jump for joy, I'm telling you, you, you work with him and you bring people along with his power into the kingdom. Our father, with, he do, he's not happy with our money. God doesn't want our money. That's just an act of faithfulness we do every month. Are you with me? That is actually for us to grow in faith. It has nothing to do with him. Are you with me? So he doesn't want to, our money can't make him happy. The only thing that can, the only thing that really makes God ecstatic is when he looks and he sees nine people giving their life to God. And then when he looks and sees our old church behind the nine, ready to support them. The more we do that, is the more he's going to send. You watch. The more that we take care of these nine that comes into the church, you're going to find out that September is already booked. The baptismal date is already set, and it is, and we have people for that date already. And October is going to come in the same. You cooperate with God, and you watch and see what he can do through you and through me. And remember, we are doing this together. Are you with me? This is not a Pastor Harris thing. We are doing, I need you just as much as you need me. And so anybody comes into the pool, that's our collective effort with the help of God. And you know what? Next week, we all, we can celebrate. We can have a time when we celebrate with heaven. And right after we celebrate, we get to work in taking care of these nine. Friends, God is extremely passionate about lost people. He knows how to bring them in. And he wants us to cooperate with him. There's a story. I'm going to close with this story. About a man that we probably know. Sure enough, he felt like this lost sheep. However, he received, he took that bad experience that he went through and it ended up making him an even more powerful ambassador for music. And I'm saying today, no matter where you are today, how far you might feel from God, how far you might feel from church, God is saying, today's the time to come back. Because I can take your nothingness 
and change it into something powerful. The great composer Ludwig van Beethoven lived much of his life in fear of deafness. He was concerned because he felt the sense of hearing, his sense of hearing was essential to creating music of lasting value. When Beethoven discovered that the thing he feared the most was coming rapidly among, upon him, he was almost frantic with anxiety. He consulted doctors and tried every possible remedy, but the deafness increased until at last all of his hearing one day was gone. He lost his hearing. Lost, feeling lost. Not knowing what to do, Beethoven finally found the strength he needed to go on despite his great loss. To everyone's amazement, he wrote some of the grandest music after he became totally deaf. deaf. With all distractions shut out, melodies flooded in on him as fast as his pen could write them down. His deafness became a great asset. Our lostness is God's greatest asset. He knows how to turn that situation around. No matter how far you feel that you're away from him, you can make a decision to come close to God right now. Are you with me? No matter what we have done, we can go to God right now in prayer and ask him to forgive us. And he will. So then accept it. Are you with me? So at this time, I don't know where you are in your life, but I don't know who is out there sitting before me. But if there's someone here today who would like to say, God, there are areas in my life where I feel like I'm lost and I need to come to you. I don't know who you are, but I want to have a special prayer with you. I'm going to invite the entire church just to stand with me. And if there's somebody who'd like to say, Pastor, I, I want you to pray for me. I want to connect back with God. And I will not let this word go by without standing before him at the altar right now. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you have done. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to ask you at this time, if you'd like special prayer to connect with God today, I'm first going to ask you to come. Right where you are, just come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter about your situation. What really matters now is connecting back with God. Making it right with God today. Not tomorrow, but today.
I'm going to invite you to come. I want to make it right with my God right now. Come. Friends, don't wait. If you need to connect with God, I'm going to invite you to come and join these folks right here. Praise the Lord. All my elders, wherever you are, just come forward and lock arms with these folks right here. We're going to pray for them. You can still come wherever you are. Sister Faith, let's sing that song. Thank you so much. You can still come, folks. Wherever you are, you can still come. Let's sing. And connect your life back with God. You can still come. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? Join us. There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. And what else before we pray? What is your answer? Praise to the Lord. Him? Praise the Lord. Anyone else before we pray? Time Lord, I'm connecting my life with yours. He has waited before. Praise the Lord. And Praise the Lord. He is waiting. I want to make sure that my life is connecting with you in total dependency. Let's bow your heads. And I know you're standing there, you're sitting there. I want to also include you in this prayer. And so with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, thank you for your word. Your word shares with us so many things. It tells us what you're like. The things that you love, the way in which you act, your word declares how much you love your people and especially how much you love those who have wandered away from you in so many different ways. Father, in the name of Jesus, right here in your sight you have spoken to your people and they have responded they have walked up out of their seat they came to the front standing here to say that today is a new day it is a day when they will look upon your forgiveness with indifference but it's a day they will gladly accept the lessons that you have reached out to them. You found them. And they're here today 
saying, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless every single one of them with this forgiveness that they so much desire. And I pray forever friend with them. Whatever they're walking away from, I pray that you'll keep them away from it. That you'll keep them within the fold. And that you'll build their faith up each and every day. Father, those words and who are responding in their own they might not have walked up, Father, but you know their hearts. You know exactly what they're going through. You know their needs. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you meet those needs and that you'll be a blessing to them as well. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. May you go with us now and forevermore we pray in Jesus' name. Let the church of the living God say, Amen. And then before Lessons and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your Time after time, he is waiting.